Ashley Brock reading Diana Palmer's book Dangerous, Chapter 2. When he stormed out into the hall, her face was taut with anger. Who is she? Keely asked with concern. His own face had gone off. Our mother, he said bitterly. We haven't seen her since she left. She ran away with her uncle and divorced our dad to marry him. Oh dear, Keely said, biting her lip. She looked up at his angry I think I'll go upstairs. It might be better if the two of you saw her alone. I was thinking the same thing myself. I'll tell you all about it later. Boone said gently, kissing her. Okay. When he had already thrown open the front door, she looked at the older version of herself with some seething hatred. What do you want here? She demanded hotly. The woman, tall and dignified, her blonde hair sprinkled with gray, but neatly combed, wearing a dark pantsuit, blinked as if the assault was unexpected. She went, Winona? She asked when he turned and stormed back into the living room. Boone eyes knew. If you're looking for money, he began in a cold room. I have a job, she replied, puzzled. Why would I want money from you? He hesitated, but only for a moment. He stood aside, stone-faced, and led her in the door. She was carrying a briefcase. She looked around as if she didn't recognize her surroundings. It had been a very long time since she lived here. She turned to Boone, very businesslike and solemn. I have some things for you. They belong to your father, but your uncle took them with him when he... When he and I, she corrected, forcing the words out through her teeth, left here. What sort of things, Boone asked. Heirlooms, she replied. Why didn't our uncle come with you? Her eye was up. He's been dead for a month. Didn't anyone tell you? Sorry, he said. It must have been fat. I divorced your uncle 12, days, 12 years ago, she said fatly. He's been living with a woman who makes her living as a low-level drug dealer, selling meth on the streets. She's an addict herself. She indicated the briefcase. I told her these things belong to her boyfriend's family and that legal proceedings might ensue her if she didn't hand them over. They belong here. He motioned her into the living room when he was sitting stiffly in an armchair as welcoming as a cobra. The other woman, the older woman sat down gracefully on the sofa, her eyes going to the meadow over which hung a painting of Boone and Winnie and Clark's late father. Her gaze lingered on it sadly, but only for a second. She put the briefcase on the coffee table and opened it. She drew out several items, some made of gold, including pieces of jewelry that were worth a king's fortune. <clears throat> These belong to your great-grandmother, she told the other occupants of the room. She was a high-born Spanish lady from Andalusia, who came here with a father who sold a rancher at Price Stalin. Your great-grandfather was a ranch foreman who worked for the owner. He had very little money, but grand dreams, and he was a hard worker. She fell in love with him and married him. It was her inheritance that built, bought this land and built the house that originally sat on. She smiled. They said she could outride any of the cowboys and that she once actually fought a bull that had gored her husband using her mantilla as a cape. Saved his life. There's a painting of her in the upstairs guest bedroom. Boone said quietly, lifting one of the brooches in strong dark hands. Why did you bother to bring them back? When he asked him. They have been sold to buy drugs, she replied simply. I felt responsible for them. Bruce took them when we left. Her face hurt. Felt that he was deliberately left out of your grandfather's will. He was furious when your father inherited the ranch. 
he wanted to get even. So he corrupted you and forced you to run away with him, when he said with an icy smile. I wasn't forced, the older woman said kindly. I was naive and stupid, and I don't expect to be welcomed back into the family because I returned a few heirlooms. She picked up her briefcase and stood up. Her eyes went from her son to her daughter. Is Clark here? On a date? His mouth said, I would have liked to have seen him. It's been so long. Your choice, wasn't it? When he demanded, she stood up too, dark eyes. Dad hated you for leaving, and I look like you, don't I? I paid for his pain. Paid for it every miserable day he was alive. I'm sorry, the older woman said. Huh? Sorry. You're sorry. When he jerked up her blast, blouse and turned around. Want to see how sorry you should really be? Boone caught his breath at the marks on her back. They were scars, two of them. They ran across her spine in white trip. You never told me he did that. Boone accused Furious, said that if I told, you and Clark would have similar souvenirs. She bit a corner blast down. The older woman winced. So did Boone. I've wanted to see you for years, when he said Rodney. I wanted to tell you how much I hated you for running off and leaving us. She only nodded. I don't blame you. Why, no, no. She said in a steady, calm voice. I did a terrible thing to all of you. She drew in a long breath and smiled sadly. You won't believe it, but there was a price that I had to pay to. Good, when he bit up. I'm glad. Now please leave and don't come back. She whirled and ran up the staircase. Boone walked his mother to the door and opened it for her. His expression was unrelenting, but his eyes were curious, especially when he saw that she had a passenger in her car. It wasn't a new car, but it was well kept. He noted her clothing, not from upscale stores, but serviceable and not cheap. Her shoes were thick-soled and laced up. She was immaculately clean, even her fingernails. You wonder what she did for a living. She seemed a sensible woman. Thank you for bringing the heirlooms home, he said after a minute. Gail Rogers, Sinclair, looked up at him with black blood. You look like your father, as he did when he we first married. People didn't I read that you married this year? Yes, her name is Keeley. She works for a local vet. She nodded. Her mother was killed? He blinked. Yes. At least that crime was quickly solved, she replied. This new murder in Jacobsville is getting a lot of action from the feds. I don't think it's going to be as easy to catch the perpetrator. She said, she said, there may be a tie from the case to your uncle, she said calmly. I'm not sure yet, but it could mean some bad publicity for all three of you. I'll try to keep it quiet, but these things have a way of getting out. There's always some resourceful reporter with a reputation to build. That's true. He was curious about her familiarity with the case. How are you involved? You want to know? That's neat to know, and you don't, she said gently. Words with a smile. I understand that Winnie works as a dispatcher with emergency services. I'm very proud of her. It's a generous thing she does working for a living. She will never have to. Yes. How is our uncle concerned with the murder? I don't know that yet. It's still under investigation. Messy, she added. Very, very messy. And it may involve some important people before it's over. But it shouldn't cause any problems for you three. Yet the murder doesn't have anything to fear from you. She glanced at her watch. I have to go. I came down to confer with a friend, and I'm late. I'm sorry I didn't get to see Clark. What does he do? He works with me on the ranch, Green said. He was adding up her attitude and her indifference to the wealth and her sadness. Someday, he said, maybe 
We need to talk. She smiled on her quiet eyes. There's nothing more to be said. We can't change the past. I made a mistake that I can't ever correct or atone for. Now, I just get on with my job and try to help where I can. Take care. It's very good to see the two of you, even under the circumstances. She looked at him for a moment more. So much pain in her eyes and in her face that made him feel guilty. Finally, she turned and walked down the steps of the car. Boone watched her, scrowling, his hands in his pocket. She got into the car, spoke to a shorter person in the passenger seat, started the engine, and slowly drove away. When he came back down after the car was gone, her eyes were wet, her face red with bad temper despite Keeley's comforting upstairs. She's gone then? Good. Riddance. Boone was pensive. I wish you told me what Dad did to you. She managed to wait. I wanted to, but I was afraid of what he might do. He really hated me. He said that I was the image of my mother, but he was going to make sure that I never wanted to follow in her footsteps. He kept you in church every time it was open. He replied quietly. Yes, she wrapped her arms around herself, and threatened every boy who came here to see me. I ended up with a non-existing social life, she said. I suppose I'm very repressed. You're also very nice, Boone said. He put his arm around her and hugged her fondly. You know, despite the misery of our childhoods, we've done pretty well, haven't we? You certainly have, she said, wiping away the tears. She's like, I love Keely. She's not only my best friend, now she's my sister-in-law. It was fun. You saved her life after that rattlesnake bit her, he said. She would have died, and I would have been responsible. He said, I can't imagine why I believe such lies about her. I'm sure your ex-girlfriend's detective was convincing, she said. You should look back. You shouldn't look back. Keely loves you. She never stopped, not even when she thought you hated her. He said, I was a hard case. Well, we're all victims of our childhood, I suppose. Dad was tough on you, too. He couldn't beat me down here. He got furious at me, but he respected me. That was probably what saved you from this treatment I got. She said, It was 12 years ago when she left. I was 10, 10 years old. I was technically an adult. Clark was in junior high. I still don't understand why she left Dad for her uncle. He was a shallow man. No real character, no worth acting. It's no surprise to me that he was dealing drugs. He always did look for the easy way to get money. Dad bailed him out of jail more than once for stealing. Yes, she looked at the heirlooms line on the cop team. Surprising that her mother brought those back. She could have sold them for a lot of money. Quite a lot of money, Boone said. He frowned. Recalling what she said about their uncle's possible connection to people suspected in local murder. He looked at Winnie, but he didn't say anything about it. She was too shaken already. He could wait. I wonder who she had with her in the car, he added suddenly. She's a boyfriend, maybe, she said quickly. I could tell he was male from upstairs, but he looked pretty short. Not our business, Boone said. He picked up a brooch with a tiny painting of a beautiful little Spanish girl in her middle to late teens by the looks of it, dressed all in black with a mantilla, red lipstick and red rose in her hair under the black lace mantilla were the only bright things in the miniature. Her hair was long. Black and silky, she had a tiny, strange little smile on her lips. Mysterious, he smiled, just looking at it. I wonder who she was, he mused. Turn it over, maybe there's initials or something, she suggested, dabbing at her eyes with a handkerchief. He did it from his label with a piece of tape. Senorita Rosa Cara de Sinclair, he was. This was our great-grandmother when she was first married. 
I should have known. But the portrait of her upstairs was painted when she was older. When he looked at it, took it from his hands and studied the clothing. She was very beautiful. She laughed. And she fought bulls with a mantilla. She must have been brave. Is what I remember hearing from Dad above our great-grandfather is accurate. She had to be brave. Truly, she put the brooch down and looked at the other treasures. So many rubies, she mused. She must have loved them. You should pick out some of these to wear, he suggested. And where would I wear expensive jewelry like this, she tried. I work for Jacobs County Dispatch. Wouldn't the girls have a huge CMA decked out in these? Shirley would fall out of her chair laughing. You should get out more, he said solemnly. She gave him a long, sad look. I'll never get out now. Kill Raven is leaving after Christmas, he said her Facebook. I gave him the raving painting at the party. He glared at me as if I committed to murder under his nose and stormed out without even speaking to me. She goes, nothing that ever happened to me hurt so much. I thought the presents were anonymous. They were. I don't know how he knew it was me. I've never told him that I paint. <laughs> He's a strange bird, being called. He has feelings, sort of like you do. Yeah, it was there. I sent him back up when he thought he was going to a routine domestic fight with no weapons involved. He was curious about that too, but it saved his life. <sighs> really ought to talk to Cash Grier's wife, Tippy. She has those intuitions too. She knows things when he replied, Whatever sort of me mental gift this is, I don't have her accuracy. I just feel uncomfortable before something bad pops up, like today, she said quietly. Felt sick all day. Now I know why. You do look like her. He was going to add that their mother used to have odd feelings about things that later happened too, but he didn't. Yes, she said quickly. She looked at the door. I shouldn't have been so mean. It's a good thing, but we'll never make up for leaving us. She knows that. She said she didn't come for forgiveness. She thought, why did she come? She was meeting someone. A boyfriend here in Jacobs County? She asked, no. She said it was business. You know, she seems to know a lot about that recent murder here. Why would she? I wasn't going to tell you, but it seems her uncle may have had ties to the case. She let him Oh, that's great. Now he's not just a man who stole a mother, he's a murderer. No, not that sort of involvement, he replied. I think he might have had some connection to the people involved. From what she said, he was a heavy drug user. Not surprising. I never liked him to confess. He was always picking on Dad, trying to compete with him and everything. It was sort of sad to me at the time, because anybody could see he wasn't the equal of our father, business or ranching or anything else. <laughs> our father had some good qualities. Hitting you like that wasn't one of them, he had a cold. And if I'd known about it, I'd knock him through a wall. I know that. It was the only the one time, she said, quiet, and he'd been drinking just after he and her mother met that time. When he thought she wanted to come back, it wasn't long after she'd gone away from, with her uncle. Came back home all quiet and furious, and he drank like a fish for about two months. That was when he hit me. He was sorry afterward, and he promised never to do it again. But he hated me just the same, as I looked like her. I'm sorry. Me too, she said with a sigh. Sort of turned me against men, at least where marriage was concerned. Except with Crow Raven. She flushed and glared at him. He'll probably never speak to me again after what happened at the party. I don't understand why he's so angry. Of course, I don't understand why I painted a raven for him either. 
It's not one of my usual suspects. I like to do flowers or portraits. You're very good at portraits. Thanks. You could have made a name for yourself as a portrait artist, even an illustrator. I never had the dedication, she replied. I really do love my job, she said. So does Keely, he replied with an indulgent smile. It's not a bad thing working when you don't have to. You'd know, she accused laughing, you work harder on the ranch than your men do. That reporter from Modern Ranching World had to learn to ride a horse just did a review about your new green technology because he could never find you unless he went out on the ranch. They're putting me on the cover, he might. I didn't mind doing the article. I think it helps ranchies public image, but I don't like the idea of seeing myself looking back at me from a magazine rack. <laughs> You're very good looking, she said, and it is good PR. Not that you'll ever sell the, the idea of humane beef cultivation to vegetarians, she added with a joke. As long as people want a nice juicy steak at a restaurant, there's not much chance that ranchers are going to turn to raising house cattle. Excuse me. Well, you could have a diaper on cap and bring him inside. She hit him. I'm going to mess. She said, and I, when I go upstairs, I'm going to tell Keely. What are you just said? No. He walked. He will. I was only kidding about it. She'd actually do it. She laughed. There wouldn't be room. Bailey's as big as a cat. The old German shepherd looked up from his comfortable donkey bed by the fireplace, fireplace and wagged his tail. See? She said. He knows he's a cat. He shook his head. He bit the ruffle of the dog's fur. Basically, you're going to be okay. Sure, she hesitated. Thanks. For what? Being my brother. Don't leave the jewels lying around. She asked. Clark comes home and sees them. He'll beg some of them for whatever girl he's crazy over at the moment. Good thought. He said, Grant, I'll put them in the safe and drive them to town Monday and lodge them in the safe deposit box. She could have sold them and we'd never known. She replied, I wonder why she didn't. She's not driving a new car. Her clothes are nice, but not expensive. There's no telling why, is it? Did she say anything about where she was going? She said, Just that she was meeting a friend. At this hour, I wonder who she knows here. She used to be friends with Barbara, who runs a cafe. But Barbara told me years, told me years ago that she hadn't heard a word from her. There might be some newcomers, she said. Not our business, anyway. I guess, well... I want to bet. It's been a very long day. The years her house. He said something. First kill Raven, now her mother. Things can only get better, right? She asked Mom. I hope so. Tell Keely I'm going to make a couple phone calls and I'll be up. You sleep well. She's not. You too. Kill Raven had just pulled up in the driveway of his remote rental house in Commercial Wells when he noticed a sedan sitting there. Always overly cautious. He had his 45 volt automatic in his hand. Before he opened the door of his car. When he got out and saw who his visitor was, he put it right back in the holster. What the hell are you doing out here at this hour of the night? He asked. She's wrong. Bringing bad news, I'm afraid. I couldn't get you on your cell phone, so I took a chance and drove down. What's wrong, Rogers? He asked because he knew it had to be something made to bring her from San Antonio. She didn't correct him. Her last name had been... Sinclair, but she'd taken her maiden name back after she divorced Bruce Sinclair. Now she went by the name Gail Rogers. She leaned against, leaned against the car and sighed, folding her arms over her chest. Took Marquis, she said. Someone blindsided him in an alley near his apartment and left him for dead. Good Lord, does his mother know? She nodded. She's at the hospital with him, scared her to death, but he looks worse than he is. Badly bruised and a fractured rib, but he'll live. 
He's mad as hell. She chuckled. Whoever hit him is going to wish they never heard his name. Elise will walk again. Killer said he grew. This case just keeps getting more and more interesting, doesn't it? Whoever's behind these murders seems to feel that the body count no longer matters. He's feeling cornered and he's desperate. Killer Raven Green. Exactly. You watch your back. You're as much danger as Marquis. At the very least, they should put you on administrative until we get some sort of lead on what's happening. I won't sit at a desk and let everyone around me take risks, she replied calmly. Still, she ought to be. Give up. I'm stubborn. He said, okay. We'll be extra cautious, we. Of course. Has forensics turned up anything interesting about the DB down the river? DB down here? DB river for the deadline. Alex Jones is handling the case. She's got a piece of paper that they're teasing secrets out of, but she hasn't told me anything new. Senator Fowler is actually cooperating, though. It shook him up when one of his female employees turned up dead. Somebody tried to make look like suicide, but they didn't do their homework. Had the pistol in the wrong hand. Heard about that, she said. Sloppy. Real sloppy. That's what worries me. Even as well. I'm going to ask for some time off to work this case. Now that our newest junior senator, Will Sanders, has stopped putting obstacles in our path, maybe we can catch a break. With Marquis sideline, you're going to need some help, and I have good contacts. I know, she smiled. We might actually solve your case, I hope so. Me too, his face was on. I spent the last seven years waiting for something to help crack the case. Maybe this latest murder is it. Well, it's going to be slow, she said. We're no closer to the identity of the man found in dead in Jacobs County. We're the people who killed Senator Fowler's employee. Now we've got Marquis' attack to work on as well, she said. I should have gotten a job baking cakes in a restaurant. <laughs> Gave her a look at Mark. You can cook? She glared at him. Yes, I can cook. My salary, who can afford to eat out? He left. Come work for me. I have an expense account. No, thanks, she said, holding up both hands, palm up. I've heard about some of your exploits. Lies, he said. Put out by jealous colleagues. Hanging out of a helicopter by one hand, finding an automatic weapon over an ocean. She made emphasize in the last word. I did not, he said hotly. He said, anyway, I was not hanging on by my hand. He hesitated. Wrapped one of my legs around a piece of cargo netting and held on that way. I'm going home, she said with a laugh. Keep your doors locked, he advised me. You bet. She climbed in under the wheel and shut the door. Beside her, a shadowy figure waved. He waved back. He wondered who her companion was. Couldn't see him clearly in the darkness, but he looked young. Maybe a trainee, he thought. Turned back toward his house. End of chapter 2.